0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go! Hey, hey, hey! Let's go, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Episode 539. Move 539. Moving right along here. Now, the topic today is near and dear my heart um, because all of us content creators need help with our content. Quite frankly, uh, whether that includes proofreading or strategy or editing, or you know. Feedback from people that actually can offer feedback we did have uh, the show the other day um, about i 'm not a copywriter, but you know you've probably all have heard that feedback I don 't know anything about anything, but I will give you my feedback. so what goes into proofreading? How do we think about it? What is proofreading to begin with quite frankly, and how do we do that in a way that makes sense uh, on today's show i'm joined by Brian Kallenberg. he's the president at proofreading Paul. LLC, which is based uh, just south of me here in Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, also excited to say Greg McLaughlin, a former Iowa football teammate. He was a kicker. I was a lineman. Um, and, you know, he is one of the co-founders in the company, which is kind of how I ran across it. So let's get Brian on the show. Find out what's all the fuss about proofreading. What is it? How do we do it? And, you know, how do we find the right people to help us with it? Brian, welcome. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Christoph.
0: Boom. If you are listening on the audio channels, every time I go, pew, we're fist bumping. So go over to Spotify and listen to us on there where you can see our smiling faces. Brian, hey, thanks for making the time. Really excited to, to chat with you today. Um, so tell me about your interest in proofreading. Why is that an important topic to you and, and why what is proofreading? Give me, give us a definition. We love definitions around here.
1: Well, so the way we kind of def, de, define proofreading here at Proofreading Pal is we define proofreading as proofreading includes proofreading for spelling, grammar, punctuation, and capitalization errors. Um, so those are kind of the fundamentals of writing, spelling, grammar, punctuation, capitalization, Um <clears throat> some people would also throw in formatting consistency and, uh, spacing. That's, that's kind of what, what we at proofreading pal consider proofreading. Uh, now at proofreading pal, we also do editing and it's, it's part of our combined service. And then the final piece of our combined service is commentary. Um, but the editing side, what we call editing is editing for sentence structure clarity. That's word choice changes, uh, removing repetition and then helpful comments and suggestions or commentaries is things that are outside the scope of what we can do as proofreaders and editors more along the lines of content creation or things that we would consider maybe they should consider deleting but it'd be a big delete so we ask them to consider doing it instead of us just doing it for them um but proofreading is is kind of the fundamental you know you're you're a football guy it's kind of like the offensive line it's it's, it's the spelling, grammar, punctuation, capitalization. It doesn't matter how good the writing is. If you've got tons of errors in your document with spelling, grammar, punctuation, capitalization, no one's going to no take that writing very seriously
0: especially when it's stuff that people catch. And of course, we had uh, the grammar girl, Minion Fogarty on the show. And, and, you know, I think we're all in agreement that you have to have the basic foundation of uh, good content and and, and error-free content. Now, when you, so, um, but how did you get started in proofreading? Why is that like, why do you care about that topic? And, you, and your company's been around for about 12 years, so not many companies make it to 12 years. So congratulations uh, for that, certainly. Uh, but, but how did you get started with that?
1: Well, so I guess I, um, I've always considered myself a decent writer and I've also considered myself to have decent grammar skills. But uh, really, the way, the way I started Proofreading Power, the reason I started Proofreading Power was because uh, when I graduated from Iowa State, I had already started a different business. Um, and it was an online business. It was called GameRosters.com. Um, I know we're making some football analogies here, but um, you played football. Greg, the co-owner, played football, college football. Well, they used to make a game, and they're going to start making it again, but they stopped making it in 2013. It was called EA Sports NCA Football. Um, and played that game. I don't know. Did you ever play that game, Christoph, in college?
0: Uh, no comment because I I, I didn't play my first year or first semester. Did really well in school, and that, is, of course, is in in the fall semester during football season. And then I rocked NCAA football my okay. my spring semester, and my grades just went downhill. But but I won plenty of championships i wouldn't recommend that to anybody but yeah so long story short i did play that game more than okay. I-
1: i'm kind of that same boat i i played it too much in college um but uh there there were some services out there who would put all the players names in for all all the teams um and it, this was back on the ps2 days and uh it made playing the game way better and the the announcers would say the names they'd show up on your plan. playing it just made the game way better and these services were just uh, letting people download these roster files from their website for free. Um, it, it took some technical savvy to be able to figure out how to do it, to actually download it. And so I decided, you know, I think a lot of people would just like to have this on a memory card uh, or have some c- customer support. that would help them through the download process. So I started GameRosters.com. uh it, We provided the roster file for NCAA football. First year was 2005 and uh, really, kind of built up a little niche monopoly in the first four or five years. Bought out all the competitors that really competed against me, and had kind of a pretty much cornered the market uh, for this little niche product. But it, it, it was what I did right out of college, um, and it and it and it grew pretty well. Um, it, we were we were doing uh, six figure revenue um, second year out of college, uh, and you know that was twenty years ago almost now. Um, well, not quite but about 15 20 years ago and so I learned a lot about the internet uh, and and uh, internet marketing website design just just all facets of running an online company I I had built that skill set uh, but it was kind of risky you know this there, there was more talk about them not making the game anymore uh, you know there was there were, there was these concerns with uh, player likeness and things like that and and eventually in 2013 2014 EA Sports quit making that game. Um, so they haven't they hadn't made it for the last eight years now. And uh, so kind of when I started to get nervous about that, this is my only source of income really. I, I also did some consulting for others on the side. I was trying to think of another business, another business preferably that could be sold online, um, that could be scalable. They could, you know, you could sell anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Um I I was looking for an e-commerce idea and at the time my wife was getting her master's degree in St. Louis and um, I I was working with some overseas uh, web developers through what's now called Upwork. It used to be called Odesk and um, she was writing her thesis for her master's and decided, you know, I need to have someone proofread this. And so I'm like, Oh, well, let's, I can probably just go on, on Upwork and, you know, find someone to proofread it, found some, professor down in Tennessee who did proofreading. Um, and then the idea just kind of hit me, you know, proofreading, that's something that can, you know, can be sold, uh, worldwide. Um, and and it was, and I was looking for a bigger industry, something that wasn't so seasonal, something that was more secure and sound. And so did a little research, found some companies out there that were already doing proofreading and editing online. So proofreading pal, certainly not the pioneer, um, I don't want to mention these companies o- over the air just because it'd be free advertising for them. But we found some, kind of looked at how they were going about doing the service, their model. And then I hired a con- I hired someone who worked for one of them um, as a contractor and kind of brought her on as my consultant because I didn't know anything about the proofreading editing industry. She really helped, helped me through the process, Built a, built a test for us to use to hire prospective contract proofreaders, convinced me to use the two proofreader model, which is one thing that Proofreading Pal is still pretty unique to this day. Is we have two proofreaders go over every document, not just one. And that's not only been a benefit for just providing higher quality, uh, just two sets of eyes are better than one. There's less chance a, a, an error is going to slip through the cracks, but also for scaling. We're able to hire new proofreaders. You know, we have a pretty rigorous recruiting and, and testing process. It's really hard to become a proofreader here. But then even when they start, everyone starts out as a first proofreader. And so we're not having a brand new person go over a document. And then that was the only set of eyes on it. And it goes back to the customer. We've got senior second proofreaders that go over the document again, uh, to make sure the documents up to quality before that goes back to the customer. And so the consultant lady, uh, really helped me. Her name was Jody. Um, and yeah, so we launched, uh, March of, or May of 2010. And, uh, um, a couple other things we really wanted to try to build core competencies in right as quick as possible was, was fast turnaround. Um, and that's another area that we're pretty unique in is we now do 30 to 60 minute turnarounds for real short docs if you need those. And that's Monday through Friday, I believe, uh, 7 a.m. to, or that's that's 7 days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. But then all other turnaround speeds, we offer a, a ninety minute, a three hour, a six hour, a ten hour, and then so on. We offer those twenty four seven. And so, when, that, I mean, that's
0: some that's certainly something a lot of us, you know, we, we can't wait for weeks at a time to have something proofread. Now, when the Grammar Girl was on, we talked about the actual um, mistake in content, right, in writing, and just something that what she called usage, right. So. Uh, it's debatable whether or not that's wrong, but from a usage perspective, you really want to use this one way and not this other way, even though technically you could make a case it's not one hundred percent incorrect, necessarily. How does your team deal with that? How do they figure out um when to make a recommendation to change something uh and when not to? um I mean, like when I'm using software, you know it says you might want to consider changing this because some people will object to it, right? That's not a mistake, but from a usage perspective, people um, might have a problem with it.
1: Sure, sure. So we, we encourage our proofreaders to, to be relatively aggressive with their editing. Um, so, because 90, 90% of our customer base would rather us just make the edit for them um, instead of leaving a comment about consider doing it. A lot of times they might not have the skill set to consider that a decent percentage of our customer base is uh, English as a second language. So overall, we, we want our editors to be aggressive, um, making the edit. So if it's a usage saying that, you know, everyone knows technically the way you had, it isn't, isn't incorrect, but it's better to do it this way. Then we'll make that change, uh, most of the time, um, the the only time we we really want to leave comments or suggestions or or for situations that are like content creation we can't write a brand new sentence or a brand new paragraph for you or major deletions to the document or situations where we're not sure if we make that edit it's going to still retain the customer's intended meaning so one thing we also want to make sure when we're making edits to documents that the edit we're making, we want to be hundred percent confident that is still retaining the customer's intended meaning. If, if it's not, then we opt to leave a a comment saying, do you mean this? Then consider this.
0: Um, Interesting. And you know, when, um, Sarah don't remember her last name now, for some reason, um, the Australian content marketer was on the show. She talked about that many, many corporate, uh, content creators don't have anybody edit, Forget about proofreading their content crazy, right? how that happens and how dangerous that actually can be. So it's great to hear that you you know you 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 recommend or you you do um, operationalize two eyes on the content. Now when you talk about um, I read a piece of content one time, and I want to say it was for a job interview or it was for, it was for some kind of test, and when I read it, I went in there with a the mindset, I just have to do some slide editing, proofreading, and that's kind of how I went in there. And then I started, when I was at the end, I was like, oh my God, this doesn't need any proofreading or anything. This needs a complete trashing, update, it has, rewriting. I mean, it was horrible, right? It was totally like the structure wasn't there, the story wasn't there, forget about accuracy. How do your teams deal with that when they're hired to proofread and they realize, this needs a lot more work than just fix just fixing a few things
1: sure sure so our our goal at proofreading pal is always the the non-negotiable objective part of our service regardless of the quality of the document our expectation is for our proofreaders to handle these areas the objective part of our service is proofreading for spelling grammar punctuation and capitalization errors um, it's also, the objective non-negotiable, non-negotiable part of our service is ensuring formatting consistency throughout the document. And then the last piece of our service, this non-negotiable objective is um, making sure if they select AP style or Chicago style or APA style, whatever whatever writing style they've selected, making sure their document adheres to the rules and requirements of that style. So that's kind of the objective part of our service. Then the uh, the subjective, more gray area part of our service that's gonna it's gonna fluctuate a little bit depending on the quality of the document we've received is the the editing for sentence structure clarity, the rewriting, the amount of rewriting we're able to do, the amount of uh, word choice and other content changes, and then the I'd say the quality and depth of helpful comments and suggestions that we leave our goal if if the document whether it's an academic related document or not if it's a resume a business report or Mm -hmm. or research paper our goal at proofreading pal is to raise the quality of that document by one and a half to two letter grades Um, so if someone's producing an f quality document um, we're not going to turn it into an a it's we're it's just we're, that's not we're not a rewriting service that that also be bordering along academic dishonesty especially if it's an academic document but we would certainly fix all the fundamentals of that document um and we would do some editing and uh and some helpful comments and suggestions but an f quality is probably not going to turn into an a at proofreading pal but a, a c or a c plus those are the types of documents that we're able to turn into a to an A and and a D, you know, we're probably turning a D into a B.
0: Well, and I mean, an F to turn an F into an A, that's going to take a little bit more work than just making a few changes. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that that need help, Uh, but I was going to, um, you know, mention, you talked about uh, leaving a comment versus just making the change Uh, drives me crazy when some editors, they leave lengthy comments, about making a relatively minor change. Now, some things do need comments, right? Like if you don't understand something or you don't really, you have a question and that's fine. But if you have to change something that's relatively um, non-negotiable, right? Just because that's the rule and you got it wrong when you wrote it, just change it. Don't don't have a congressional hearing about it. Now you mentioned most of your, uh, or many of your customers are English as a second language uh, learners. Um, How about uh, corporate content strategists, corporate uh, content teams? Uh, I know there's some that have um, everything in-house, but certainly there's many content teams that are relatively small, um, so they can use the help. Um, Do you work with them, or do you focus mostly? I mean, you do focus on business proofreading. Uh, I see at proofreadingpaul.com, that's the website. Um, So can those teams work with you as well, or, or how does that look?
1: I just lost you there. Are are you there?
0: Just lost you there for a second. I don't know if you heard me, but basically the question is, how about corporate content people? Yeah, Can they work with you?
1: Yeah, we actually work with lots and lots of corporate content. Uh, A lot of advertising agencies. Um, We work with communications departments of major universities. Um, We work with some some law firms. Uh, But I I would say probably our biggest... uh, uh, some of our best customers, uh, month in and month out are, um, advertising agencies. Uh, and, and we have some abilities to, to adapt to their unique needs too. Um, we have, we have corporate accounts. Um, and then we also have a dedicated team service that some, some of these corporate accounts, they have very specific style guides they need us to follow. Um, Certain ways they want things done, and so we're able to kind of customize our service to meet their unique needs for for certain higher volume customers.
0: Very, very interesting. Now, um, when uh, when people, um, do you also look for proofreaders? Like, I mean, I, do I remember that correctly? Business um, on your website, proofreadingpal.com. You do have a sign up for people who want to work with you, or or do I remember that wrong?
1: Yeah, we, we do. It's, uh, if, if anyone goes to proofreadingpal.com over on the right side there, there is a, uh, customer service dropdown, and then there's career opportunities. And we have a, we have an application there that you fill out. And then we have a pretty, pretty extensive testing process, recruiting and testing process, only about, uh, eight to 9% of people who apply, uh, score high enough on our test to, to be considered. Um, and then of that eight to 9%, about half of them have to start out in, in, in what we call training. And about half of them can come on and start as a paid contractor right out of the gates.
0: Interesting. So there is a process not everybody can get in just because they, they would like to. Now, um, make the case here for me um, on the future of using a service like yours. And I'm thinking about, um, yes, I 100% see the advantage to having a person editor, a person proofreader, you know, who have done this for a long time. But I also use a lot of technology. I use Grammarly. I use uh, Yoast SEO. I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, unless I get all the green buttons on my article, it's not publishing. That's not proofreading my content, but it's measuring it against practices for SEO, right? Um, mm-hmm. But talk about the human aspect. Why is it important to actually have the two rounds of human proofreaders re- or, or edits?
1: Well, so first of all, it's good that you're using the technology available. Microsoft Word, their their original spell check and the tools of Microsoft Word are good to use to pick up some of that low-hanging fruit errors that you might have missed. Grammarly is good, too. Um but those but those services just simply do not pick up on little nuances uh, that that human editors are able to help with. Um, those services are still going to miss some errors too. <clears throat> but also just the rewording, rewriting how you say things, little things. Those services they're they're not even close to comparing to what humans can do. Um, and you know, just myself, I, I send a lot of my uh, any any e-newsletter that's going to go out to our customers, other other things I've sent through Proofreading Pal. I feel like it's been, you know, I've written it pretty well. Uh, you know, I've done spell check. I've sent it through Grammarly. There's there's no errors. Send it through, uh, well, at least I think there's no errors. Send it through Proofreading Pal, two editors. It's, it's amazing. They'll still catch a few errors that I missed, but just the way they might rephrase things, um, some other suggestions that they give to me, Uh, The document just reads so much more crisp and clean after it it goes through proofreading pal. So that's, that's my own personal uh, experience. And we've worked with 19,000 plus customers now, large, large, large percentage of those are are repeat customers. Um, And I think they, you know, they kind of feel the same way. Um, I think it's, it's certainly smart to use grammarly word uh, and words spell check but it's just not—it's not the same level of of expertise.
0: Yeah, no argument there, and I good for me. I have not used Microsoft Word in a long time. Write all my content either um, online or directly in the WordPress CMS. So, but totally hear you. And you know, sometimes Grammarly makes suggestions, and I'm like, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but that's nowhere close to. Uh, correct you know and certainly it catches some things like commas and and those kind of things well that's Um,
1: and and speaking of that you know we we encourage our proofreaders to to run their when they're doing their editing we encourage them to run it through Grammarly Um, just it helps you catch some of the low-hanging fruit the problem is sometimes they don't because they get tired of all the things that Grammarly flags that, that aren't that's not wrong and so that is a problem with with Grammarly is it 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 sometimes can kind of slow you down a little bit because it's bringing things to your attention that there's, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: So sometimes I asked my wife to read something for me and, and very rarely anymore, but I used to, was that the case in when your wife was working on her paper, she wanted you to write to proofread it. And you said, no way, I'm not, I, I'm not proofreading it. I'm, I'm starting a new company that's going to be successful for 12 years. Is that what happened? Is that the full story or no?
1: No, cuz I am not a proofreader and editor. I you know, we've we're approaching 140,000 documents proofread and edited at Proofreading Pal. I haven't proofread or edited one of them. Uh so she she wasn't wanting me to proofread and edit her thesis. Um was wanting me to find someone who could.
0: Very good, very good. And you know what? I think sometimes people do underestimate how much skill is actually involved in uh in anything really, you know, whether it's proofreading or editing or content creation or podcast production or launching a company. I mean, all these things take skill. So uh check it out, everyone. Um send your documents and, and content to them. Give it a try. Brian, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Christoph. It was a pleasure. That's a wrap.